Ah, tell you what, there is nothing like the sound of a beer opening in an empty room. Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin, and let Dweez Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. I don't know about those other two, but listeners, Dweez Nuts is here to stroke whatever you've got. I am fully back in retirement, for, so my stroke game is on point. Uh, and, you know, if you feel like benefiting from it, that's that's fine. But uh, yeah, I'm the only one here. No big deal. Actually, it's it's really not. I uh, had a sick kid at home with me the last couple of days. And as much as I love my children, being alone right now is about the best thing I could ask for. He, he was so fucking demanding. Ringing his little bell every 45 seconds for 48 straight hours. The boy didn't sleep much. It was... Pretty damn miserable, not to mention I started my day today getting puked on by that young man. So, yes, here in Studio A by myself, and I'm I'm glad for it. I'm glad you're here with me. I've got my beer. I've got my shots. You know, one of the other benefits of being alone in the room is I'm just going to I'm just going to take my shot straight out of the bottle today. I don't fucking care. There ain't nobody here to to check me. So, uh May not be my bottle of booze, but I'm gonna drink from it as if it were. And if I happen to spread some of those sick kid germs on to the next guy, hey, your own fucking fault for missing the show, right? This week in football. Oh man, let's start with yesterday in football. First, what is happening with the fucking Steelers? Juju Smith Schuster. James Conner. Fuck, I've got those guys all over. I made a last-minute decision to put Juju back into my lineup after a couple of weeks out of it. I took Christian Kirk out. Uh, Michael Gallup out so that I could play Juju. Probably turns out to be the wrong decision. Concussed early left. I think he scored three fantasy points before he did it. It's not like if he were in, it'd be much better. Mason Rudolph is a really bad fucking quarterback. And that offensive line has fallen to pieces as good as they've been over the last handful of years. The front four for Cleveland last night made them look like crepe paper. And it wasn't a lot of blitzing by the Browns either. It was legitimately the front four. Miles Garrett specifically just throwing people around. God damn. James Conner, maybe more serious, re-aggravated that shoulder injury. This kid just cannot stay on the field. Somebody on the on the uh, couch warned me about James Conner when we were doing our rankings show and his his likelihood of injury and re-injury. And I ignored it come draft time, and I'm paying the price now. He's uh, relegated back to the bench. Was in the game long enough for you to want to start him, and then he, he ended up getting you jack shit. Fuck. The most exciting thing, however, in the game was that fight. Oh, man. I don't know that I've ever seen somebody rip off another man's helmet and use it to hit him in the fucking 
head. I know you've seen this. I know you've watched it in slow-mo. The still images coming out onto the internet from that fight are fucking hilarious. Unfortunately for everybody, the helmet kind of turned around and the hard part didn't didn't manage to knock uh, Rudolph in the in the dome, but hey, we'll take what we can get. Look, Mason Rudolph's a bitch. This is my take on this whole deal. Mason Rudolph is a little bitch, right? He gets sacked. Who knows what was said in that pile? Sure, um, he might have been held down longer than he needed to, but he start he gets up and starts pushing people around, trying to rip other people's helmets off, people twice his size. What does he think is going to happen? Of course, he started the whole fucking thing, and he didn't get any suspension at all. Miles Garrett, out for the rest of the season, playoffs included at least, is what they said. It's an indefinite suspension, so at least that. Garrett is, has been right up there with Chubb as the best player on this Cleveland Browns team. The only thing to cheer for most of the time, and here he goes. So Cleveland, well, you're still fucking Cleveland. Meanwhile, on the other side of the field, Marquise Pouncey out for three games for his retaliation against Miles Garrett. I don't think it matters, though. He's playing like trash anyway. How about this bit of news? Jay Ajayi is back in the league. For all of those of you that signed Ajayi three weeks ago, four weeks ago when he started doing his workouts, thinking he was going to go to Detroit, thinking he was going to go to New York, wherever, hey, he's finally back in the league. Congratulations. You've got a running back on a roster. Uh, It's the Eagles right back to where he was originally traded for. This is a team that first found value in him coming out of Miami. And uh, I don't know that I'm too excited about it, if I'm honest. Look, we got Jordan Howard. We got Miles Sanders. There's already um, some mouths to feed in that backfield. Jay Ajayi, to me, is very clear. It's a depth move, right? This happens right after Darren Sproles' injury. It was a hip, I think, onto the IR, out for the season. Poor old Darren Sproles. Will he retire? Probably should, right? But, uh... This is a depth move. Now, this week, I will say this, Jordan Howard has not yet been cleared for contact. But still, give me Miles Sanders. Give me all kinds of Miles Sanders um, over Jay Ajayi. Now, even with, let's say, Howard misses a game. Look, they're playing the Patriots. You can't fucking run against the Patriots unless your name is Lamar Jackson. I'm not too excited about any of it, but Sanders might get a bump here. Ignore the ha- uh, the Ajayi news. It doesn't fucking matter. Matt Stafford is going to sit down on the bench once again this week. That means Jeff Driscoll gets the go versus Dallas. He had a decent showing last week against Chicago, guys. Almost beat the Bears. That's not that difficult to do, but Dallas is another really tough matchup. I don't know how excited I am for Jeff Driscoll. Certainly not going to be putting him in anywhere, not even in my... Superflex lineups. Certainly not considering him for daily as a super cheap option. I hope you are not either. But uh, interesting to watch what happens here with Matthew Stafford going forward. This is a back, a broken back issue, right? We don't know what the timetable is. They're being real cagey about exactly what's going to happen with this guy. Broke his back last year too. Uh, who knows? Stafford was on fire. There were some weapons that were playing well with Stafford, Kenny Galladay, even Marvin Jones. You heard it last week from Wiz. These two have 
uh, some the combined top two or three touchdowns in the league. But Driscoll's not Stafford, so yeah. More injury news, Austin Hooper. If you manage to swoop Austin Hooper, you have been riding on cloud nine all season. The number one scoring tight end for fantasy. Most touchdowns um, of all the tight end positions. He's beating the shit out of everybody. Well, now he's out for a month. About a month, they tell us. That puts you right at week 15. It's in your fantasy playoffs if he comes back after a month. He's going to be tough to hold on to. Okay, Now, to be fair... If you have Austin Hooper and you are making it into the fantasy playoffs, the semifinals even, it's not because you drafted Austin Hooper. Presumably you have some other studs on your team. So if you can, if you have Hooper and you can hold on to him and still make it there, do so. Uh, that's, that's, he's, he's been a stud. Okay. So do so. But, uh, I don't, I'm not. I'm not terribly excited about holding on to him. Look, Austin Hooper next year is going to disappear. Okay, I'll say it. He's going to go back to where he's always been. A couple of good games, that's it. So there's some news for you. Let's look at a stat of the week because uh, I'm gonna ru- I w- I'd like to rub this one into Wiz's face since he's not here. Big Wiz and his stat of the week. Among us, the Big Wiz is... The biggest proponent of drafting a quarterback early, I wouldn't say that he's all about it, but every time we talk about it, he brings it up and he says, hey, maybe it is worth it. Yeah, he plays in his home leagues, the Superflex League, but uh, he, far more than either of the other two of us, uh, supports the idea that you should take a quarterback early. So my stat of the week is simple this week. I'm going to run down for you the top five scoring fantasy quarterbacks through 10 weeks in the season. That's a significant amount of time. And I'm going to tell you where they were drafted, what their ADP position was. So you can tell me whether the numbers support drafting a quarterback early. So uh, number one overall, Russell Wilson, the MVP candidate himself, he was drafted at the quarterback nine, somewhere around the eighth round, I think that was. There were quarterbacks taken in the second, the fourth, the fifth round ahead of him. But QB9 is now leading the pack. Lamar Jackson at number two, a very close second. Now, he was drafted as the QB13, all right? I don't even know what, 10th round, maybe 11th? Behind him at number three, Deshaun Watson. Yes, Deshaun Watson was the number two quarterback drafted. So there's a support for drafting a quarterback high. He's going in the fourth round. He's now the the third leading quarterback in the league. But number four is Dak Prescott. Well, he was drafted as a quarterback 18, and Kyler Murray, number five overall right now. All you haters can suck a dick. Kyler Murray was drafted as a quarterback 12. So look, we've got three out of these five drafted outside the top 10. Russell Wilson was number nine. Okay, yes, Wiz. Yes, early quarterback supporters. A stud quarterback can get you leaps and bounds more points than everybody else at the position and it's a great head start going into every week. The problem is that the guys being drafted super early to do that for you aren't the guys that do it. Patrick Mahomes was a middle-round pick last year, and he did it. A couple of years ago, it was Russell Wilson himself who went around quarterback 10 in the drafts, 
and and went on to score a shitload more points than anybody else. Yes, the top quarterbacks can score significantly more points than any other quarterback in the league and give you a nice leg up, but they're very rarely the quarterbacks taken that high. Turnover at the top, as far as fantasy points at the quarterback position, is is high. It happens. It's really hard to repeat insane numbers at the quarterback position. Harder than anywhere else in fantasy football. This is why you don't take a quarterback high. Just fucking stop already. Stop with the arguments. They're wrong. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. Saw it more than heard it. We talked about it earlier. Miles Garrett. Hits a quarterback in the head with his own goddamn helmet. And of course, the offensive line has to come to the rescue. Marquise Pouncey specifically. Here's what Pouncey does. They're not really talking about it because that happened after the helmet thing. But he comes in and immediately starts punching Miles Garrett in the head. And then he proceeds to kick Miles Garrett in the head repeatedly. The dumb shit here. Is that Miles Garrett's not the one that lost his fucking helmet? I don't know why this happens. It happens all the time. It happens every year. One football player gets pissed at another football player and they throw a punch at a fucking helmet. What do you think's gonna happen? What the fuck? I, I hit, I was in high school, I was playing high school hockey once and I got mad and I threw a punch at the glass. You know what happened? Glass didn't break. Glass didn't bend. I broke my fucking hand. The fuck do these guys think is going to happen when you punch a man in the helmet? When you kick a dude in the fucking helmet? Aim for the neck or something, Pouncy. Come on. Aim for the balls. Jesus. Fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. Kind of sweet, kind of shitty. So, between the three of us on the couch, I won three in the pink, two in the stink once again. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a shot for it anyway, because I haven't taken any shots yet. I haven't really... I didn't, I didn't track how many I owe you, so I'm just going to kind of take them as we go. It's a lot less fun to track shot bets and shot losses when the people you're playing against don't even fucking show up. So, here's to you guys, listeners... Cilantro. Ooh, straight out of the bottle is very different. Makes me feel like a man. If only I had a brown paper bag to do it with. Hey, I still lead the pack in three in the pink, two in the stink. 565 points for me. Jake's fantasy blog is sticking with me. 372 at second place. Car guy makes a big leap. This guy's been up and down all season. High floor, low ceiling, uh, but this week's 95-plus points puts him at 356 and drops him back into the third-place spot, uh, battling Jake for second there. It feels a lot like it's a runaway victory for me. I'm only up 200 points, though, and, uh, you know, you can score 100-plus in a week. You can score negative 100-plus in a week. Just ask the good doctor. Speaking of him, bottom three right now look like this. The good doctor is at the very bottom, negative 463 goddamn points. Ash Goddard stays right there with him, negative 381. And the Cave of Excellence 
Scores a positive week. I think it's only her second or third on the year, but she pops up to negative 258, and I think she's 10 or so points away from moving up another spot. You get it, girl. Go on and get it. Come on. Other notes worth mentioning. Look, this week was tough in three in the pink, two of the stink. We have a ton of buys, six teams on by, a lot of injuries, right? So there are a lot of people that just didn't, they didn't affect your score at all. Like you can't use the score of somebody on a buy because they're not playing. You can't use the score of somebody who's injured because they're not playing. And then there's fucking Shady. Somebody's got Shady in there somewhere in their lineup. Healthy scratch. Just means you rely on fewer players to get you your scores. And fewer players means, look, one or two bad games, one or two good games, and you're scoring a lot or you're falling a lot. Tough, tough week. Some of the killers out there this week. Juju Smith-Schuster from last week. He put up a negative 40 for his owners. Robbie Anderson, a negative 48. Now, Robbie Anderson's not owned as much as Juju, but negative 48 was the worst score of the week. Anthony Miller also leads at his spot, selected by more than anybody else. I believe it's just a tip position, negative 31 there, ouch. Winners for you this week, Michael Gallup put up uh, 35, positive 35 points. David Johnson, if you had him in your 10-foot pole, scored you a positive 76 as he stepped onto the field, got you negative fucking fantasy points, and then didn't come back out again. That really hurts. Odell Beckham Jr., Scored me a positive 32. What a great pick he turned out to be. I'll tell you what, I was watching the game last night, and what was it, the second play from scrimmage, he goes straight up the seam and scores a 40-plus yard touchdown, and I started getting a little pissed. I got nervous. You know, I like to I like to score positive points here, but uh, when they overturned that touchdown, I felt a little tickle somewhere deep down. It was nice. Yeah, when it comes to it, look, I'm better than you at three in the pink in the stink should be i invented the fucking game but uh keep coming keep playing it's fun i am uh, making room on my wall for the signed jersey i will give myself as an award for winning this game in a few short weeks here it's gonna be fun let's move on with the show and talk about week 11 give you your advice give you what you came here for that oh he's this is you know at end of the this is he's the next big thing studs baby fucking studs who's gonna blow the fuck up this week let's start at the quarterback position you gotta take lamar jackson because why the fuck not taking lamar jackson is a safe bet when you're talking about quarterback studs he gets to play houston this week recently houston they've not been good right here are some of the matchups uh, against Houston in the past few weeks. 330 passing yards, three touchdowns through the air, and a touchdown on the ground to Matt Ryan. 273 yards and three touchdowns to Patty Mahomes. 326 and four touchdowns to Jacoby Brissett. They even gave up 285 and three touchdowns to Derek Carr. Only Gardner Minshew uh, failed to perform against this team over the last five weeks, but Nick Foles was right over his shoulder, um, waiting for his turn to take his job back. So you can't really blame him. Houston has been beat a lot. Jackson has been outstanding. Should be for the next two weeks at least. Got a couple of good matchups. Uh, Going to get tougher for him 
after that, though. So we'll see if he can sustain some of those numbers when his opponents get a little tougher. Obviously, he did it against New England, but uh, interesting to watch how the fantasy playoffs play out. But before we get there, we've got this week, and he's going to score more points than your quarterback. I can damn near guarantee it. At the running back position, I'm going to take Zeke here in a get-right game against Detroit last week. Zeke owners like myself rude our ownership as he failed to do just about anything on the field. This week, going to be a get-right game against Detroit. Last week, Detroit just totally fucking sold out against David Montgomery. Rookie Dave Montgomery for Chicago. Montgomery still managed 60 yards on 17 carries. Not a huge game, but that's with everybody on the defense trying to stop that run. Okay, Now, Zeke's been top five in most of the volume categories uh, all year, but he does lead the re- the league in red zone rushes. He leads the league in red zone touches overall this season. So the touchdowns, you know, they, they haven't been coming quite like they needed to. I think he's only got six relative to the, what, 13 Aaron Jones, 12 fucking Aaron Jones CMC have. But this is a week where I think he gets a couple. His biggest issue is, is uh, targets through the air. Two years ago, the thing that held Zeke back was he didn't get a lot of passing work. Last year, he blew up because they threw it to him 65 times. And for the last five games, though, he's had two or less targets. The thing that we need Jason Garrett and that offensive coaching staff, Kellen Moore, to understand is that Detroit's been bad against running backs, but most of that work really has been two running backs through the air. They've given up tons of yards, tons of touchdowns to running backs through the air. So if you watch the tape, Dallas coaching staff, you'll know exactly what to do to beat this team. Now, Amari Cooper is going to look at Darius Slay all week, so hopefully he's slowed down and the team goes to Zeke. I like it. I'm hoping for it anyway more than anything else. At the wide receiver position, i got to pick Michael Thomas again two weeks in a row. Last week in a shitty fucking game for the Saints against the crap Falcons, he still managed 154 yards. The only team in the league that's worse against receivers for fantasy purposes is Tampa Bay. That's who the Saints get to play this week. Tampa Bay. Take advantage. Interestingly, Tampa Bay has given up 4,000 yards and 34 passing touchdowns already on the season. They're the only team with that combo. A couple teams have given up more yards. A couple teams have given up more touchdowns. But no team has given up 4,034 yet. Now, if you look at Tampa Bay, okay, so they just released Vernon Hargreaves this week. Granted, he wasn't great this year, but it thins things out, and it looks a lot like Michael Thomas is going to face Jamel Dean all day. Now, Jamel Dean, if you don't know the name, third round rookie pick out of Auburn, and he's played 19% of the snaps on the season. He'll be going against Michael fucking Thomas this week. I mean, come on. Sure thing. Sure fucking thing, right? Gotta be a sure thing. I'm putting my fucking money on it. I put Michael Thomas everywhere I could this week. Sure thing, guys. What's the matter? Big boy can't get it up? (laughs) 
taste of beer. Hang on. You know, one of the downfalls of being the only one talking here is that there's not a lot of time for drinking. I can drink while the drops are going, but there's nobody else to talk to fill the time. Just give me a second. Ah, yes. Oh, some Goose Island 312. I love a good Chicago wheat beer. All right, can't get it up, players, this week. I'm going to start with my own Chicago Bears because I don't think Mitchell Trubisky's worth a shit. Uh, that means to me that Allen Robinson struggled this, struggles this week to get it going. Look, the Rams, Bears play the Rams in Los Angeles, right? So they don't have the benefit of golf playing in the cold weather. Rams are top 10 in sacks on the season. They're third in the league in pressures, uh, quarterback pressures. They get to the quarterback, or at least pressure the quarterback, on 29.6% of their dropbacks all season. They're first in hurries. Okay, They hurry the quarterbacks, throw 16.7% of their dropbacks. That's best in the league. Look, Mitch Trubisky can't read a defense can't progress through wide receivers. It takes him a long time to recognize what's going on around him. He's not going to have that time against Los Angeles. He's going to be jumpy. He's going to be wildly inaccurate, which he pretty much is all the time anyway. Um, He may throw the ball a ton to Allen Robinson, or I should say toward Allen Robinson this week, because he's the first read on a lot of plays, but I don't Think Mitch has a good day. Shocker. Add to that, Allen Robinson's going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey all day long. And you can just forget about it. It's just not going to happen. Ramsey's been great all year. Been great in L.A. Pass rush has been great. This is not a winning formula for the Chicago passing game and Allen Robinson. Another wide receiver I like here for the uh, can't-get-it-up option would be Stephon Diggs. Up and down, up and down. It's like riding a fucking elevator with this guy. Uh, Plays against Denver this week. He's going to be shadowed by Chris Harris Jr., who has been fucking just lights out on the season. Okay, lights out. Will Diggs get some targets? I don't know. Maybe he didn't get any last week. Didn't seem like he got any fucking targets last week anyway. But the thing that I can tell you is that Diggs is not going to have any big plays against Chris Harris Jr. Harris does not get burned deep. Just doesn't happen. Hasn't happened in years. This is where Stephon Diggs makes his money. Big plays and in the red zone. I don't expect either thing to be a factor against Chris Harris Jr. this week. Sit him. Sit him. I'm saying fucking sit. Stefan Diggs. We're not doing it in our dynasty league because we have to start six wide receivers, 12 teams, 30 player bench. But if I could, I would. Now, my last can't get it up this week. We're going to the running back position here. That's Alvin Kamara, that same New Orleans versus Tampa Bay game. As bad as Tampa Bay has been against the pass this year, and they've been bad, they have been the worst. They've been fucking great against running backs. Maybe because teams don't even bother trying, but look, they've given up three and a half yards per carry so far in the year. That's third best. 77 yards per game. That is the best in the league. They've only given up six rushing touchdowns all year. Seventh best. Only 700 total yards. Obviously first best if they've given up the least amount of yards per game. They've given up the least amount of yards. We know that. 
Now add to that how easy they are to pass against Wright. This is a no-brainer for this team. Latavius Murray has been maintaining, or at least in this past game when they were both on the field, maintained a 65-35 split. He had 35% of the work. Also, he got both of the red zone attempts last week, did Latavius Murray. If you remember back to the Mark Ingram days last year, Mark Ingram had a lot of goal line work. Kamara did not. I will say, even even last week, uh, Kamara had a nice little day, a bunch of, I think, 60 or so receiving yards. Most of that came in junk time against Atlanta, so I'm not going to count on that either. If Kamara's going to get his points, it's going to be through the air against his team, not on the ground. But a lot of factors here tell me that Alvin Kamara is worth avoiding if you can do it. Now, you drafted this guy high as fuck, so I don't know what kind of options you've got. You know, hopefully you found ways to fill in for him while he was injured. Maybe you still have those options. You can roll them out. Maybe Devin Singletary's on your roster. You can roll him out instead. But Tampa Bay's a tough team to run against. Alvin Kamara's now got a backfield mate that can do it uh, and will take work from him. I just don't, I don't love it this week for that cat. Hide your kids. The boys are flex trafficking again. Woo! We are fucking buzzing through this show, guys. Maybe you should slow it down. Listen to me on three-quarter speed just to prolong our time together today. Sorry, I just can't, uh... I can't kill time like, like Bullfrog can, I guess. Let's look at flex. I've got uh, two wide receivers that I like here that that tickle the flex spot, probably your third option at this point. And I got a running back that I want to share with you as well. Ooh, before I do that, I'm going to take a shot to follow up that sip of beer because, uh, cause I'm a lonely motherfucker and alcohol numbs the pain. Ooh, well, I should put that in the fridge. Warm liquor is harder to drink than cold liquor. Whew. Number one option for me in the flex this week is going to be Mohamed Sanu. Playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, you know that the Philly defensive backfield is full of holes. I feel like I talk about this every single week to you guys. Um, so we won't say much more about that. Mohamed Sanu last week, this was his first real week on this team. He was sort of eased into things. In week eight, I should say this was uh, two weeks ago because they were on bye last week. But in week eight, Sanu was sort of eased into things, got about 50-60% of the snaps. Last week, first full week on the offense, 100% of the snaps. Sanu did not come off the field. He had 14 targets and 10 catches, scored a touchdown. He was looked for in the red zone. There was a red zone play, a Three-yard line plays specifically designed to go to Muhammad Sanu. That's what you like to see this early on with a new wide receiver on a team. Everything that you could hope to see from Sanu in his first full game as a Patriot, you saw. This week against Philadelphia, no reason to think that slows down at all. Another wide receiver I like for very different reasons, Terry McLaurin versus the New York Jets. Okay, so let me just say this now. Dwayne Haskins is now the starting quarterback 
for the Washington Redskins. I, I legitimately got a chill up my spine as I said that, guys. That's hard to stomach. He is not ready to play quarterback in the NFL. We all fucking know that. But the coaching staff said, screw it. Let's do it. Uh, and now we're stuck with Terry McLaurin. So he does get to play the Jets. Again, week in and week out, I tell you, the Jets' defensive backfield is not good. Look what happened last week. Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, these guys scored lots of points. Terry McLaurin has the same opportunity that Slayton had to have a big game this week. Now, we know that from a coach interview this week that they want to start moving McLaurin around the field a lot more, get him into other places to find him more opening spots on the field, get him open so he can get the ball more. Everybody knows this is the best receiving option on this team. Last week when Haskins started his first full start, uh, McLaurin maintained his workload and target share. In fact, here's an interesting, this, this I found to be fascinating. I had to double check this. In week's, Eight and nine, the week before Haskins started and the week after Haskins started, Terry McLaurin put up the exact same stat line. Now, admittedly, it's not a great stat line. Six targets, four catches, 39 yards. But he had the same exact stat line with as without Haskins in the game. So do you need to be terribly frightened? I don't think so. I say start him anyway. If you're ever going to start McLaurin again... This is the game to do it in. It's his best shot to shine. If Haskins is going to score a passing touchdown, which he has yet to do on the season, Terry McLaurin is his best shot to do that. And it's going to have to be this week. All right, here's the running back that I like for my flex spot this week, for your flex spot this week. I've got him in my flex spot this week. It's Austin Eckler. Hopefully he's a flex option for you at this point. You're not still relying on him as one of your two starters because he's losing time we know that he's losing time now he's still at about 40 percent snap share uh, with melvin gordon but the touches haven't been nearly as steady in two of the last four games he's had over 10 touches but in the other two games closer to five or six touches which is not what you want to see if you're rolling a guy out there this week the chargers get to play those kansas city chiefs kansas city's not great against the running back. In fact, five receiving touchdowns to running backs in the last four games. That's one of the spots that they really struggle, covering the back, coming out of the backfield. Austin Eckler last season made his mark and place on this team, catching passes out of the backfield. Now, since he's been back, Melvin Gordon has had more targets than Austin Eckler, but It's close, and we know that Eckler can do it, right? So he'll be on the field. He'll have some opportunities to run some routes against a team that gives up points there. In this split, one of the the nice things about the split that Eckler's got going for him is over the last three games, there's a 14-8 split in red zone touches. Okay, so he's still getting the opportunities in the red zone. He's on the eight, obviously, on the lower side of that between Melvin Gordon. But eight red zone targets in three games when you're the backup running back is fantastic. You know, if you can, you don't have to score too many of those to make yourself viable, especially as a flex option. Uh, I like it this week against Kansas City.
In fact, I like a lot of things about this game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now that's a stream. Oh, when that drop started, I started drinking the beer, and I didn't put it down until it was over. That lasted a really long time, and I ran out of beer. So I'm going to have to get another one in a second. But first, let's talk streamers. My streaming quarterback for you this week has got to be Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett has been good all year long. He's had some really great games. Right now, he's only 38% owned in Yahoo. The reason for this is that he was injured, missed last week, and there was some question about whether or not he'd play this week, so people didn't want to touch him. You can take advantage of that and pick him up on your roster. He is a full go. He has been named the starter for the week. So uh, you you don't have to worry. Now when he plays Jacksonville this week, not a terrifying matchup, not nearly as scary as it used to be. Like I said, J- Jalen Ramsey's Jalen Ramsey's off the team. Um, it's it's not the terrifying matchup they have been in years past, even at the beginning of this season. Now I will caution that T. Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, still out of the game. So you know it's it's Pascal, it's Ebron, it's Jack Doyle. The targets aren't filling anybody with hope, but Jacoby Brissett uh, is a, and this whole Indianapolis Colts team is a testament to what you can do with backup replacement players. It's, it's possible. I like Brissett this week. I think you should pick him up and stream him. You might even be able to hold on to him and play him in a couple more weeks leading up to your playoffs. I wouldn't do that with this next guy. I'm digging fucking deep at the tight end spot, guys. I have to stream this week. Evan Ingram, who was out last week, is on by this week. That's my tight end in a lot of leagues. So I'm looking around, trying to find the best streaming option. You know, obviously, I, I I did pick up in a couple of those leagues Jacob Hollister, but he's on by as well. Can't use him. Kyle Rudolph coming off two touchdowns last week was on my roster for a hot second. But in the end, in every one of those leagues, I've landed on Ross Dwelly. Yeah. He plays for the 49ers, by the way. Ross Dwelly. George Kittle's been, he's out. He's not playing. That means Dwelly gets to start. All I can say about, so he has, he played last week and didn't do much, right? Uh, but the thing that I want to say is this. The Niners and Ross Dwelly get to face the Arizona Cardinals this week. And in all capital letters, as loud as I can say this, I want to, I want to yell at you guys. Start your fucking tight ends against the Arizona Cardinals. Please. I don't care what their name is. I don't care if you can pronounce it, if you've ever heard of them. I don't care. Start them. Ten tight ends have scored touchdowns against this team on the season. You may remember back to week one when TJ Hawkinson was made to look like a king at the position. Had done shit since. The Arizona Cardinals are the kingmakers of tight ends around the league. Ross Dwelly may not end up a king this week, but he's certainly going to score me some fucking points. I give him a touchdown. 
I'm going to call it 60 yards and a touchdown, and I will take all of the victories that Dwelly can bring me. Hopefully. Or I'll take a bunch of shots on the show next week. Either way. Maybe. Nobody else is going to be here to hold me to it. At the defensive position here, streaming the New York Jets, please, against those Washington Redskins. Said it a minute ago. Dwayne Haskins is starting. Second straight start. Look, in his career, and he's started now three games and played in a, well, I think one more. In his career, he's completed 27 passes for 284 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions, and been sacked eight times. That's in three games. 284 yards, zero touchdowns, eight sacks in three games. That sounds like a quarterback I want to play against. We know the New York Jets front is strong. And even if Terry McLaurin manages a touchdown, you're going to get yours starting the Jets against this Washington team. Daily Deep Throat. Okie dokie. I lost in the Daily Deep Throat last week. I think I came second to last. Actually, Bullfrog lost. I came second to last, but hey, whatever. You know what I did do, though? I won a 50-50. said it every week that I've done this. I promise you a 50-50. You're not going to go broke using my advice. You're not going to get rich either. If you like to stay right in the middle... If you're like a CD guy rather than a play the stock market guy, I'm your fucking source. Quarterbacks I like. Couple expensive guys at each position. Couple of cheap guys at each position. Make your own roster out of it. I've used these guys in all of my daily lineups. Remember that I talk FanDuel dollars. If you're a DraftKings guy, I don't know how much they cost. If you play on Yahoo, you're an idiot. At the quarterback position, I do love me some Lamar Jackson, most expensive quarterback, $8,800, but I talked about it earlier, should have a big game. Dak Prescott facing against the Detroit Lions without Matthew Stafford, $8,100, not too bad. I told you I like the Chargers-Chiefs game this week for $7,500, you can get a piece with Phillip Rivers, I like that. And I'm living or dying by Derek Carr this week. He's filling in everywhere where I've got a quarterback on by. He's in all my daily lineups. $7,400 for Derek Carr. Please give me some Derek Carr against them Cincinnati Bengals. At the running back position, give me Zeke. Said it earlier. Zeke first Detroit, $8,400. You don't have to spend $10,500 and put CMC in your lineup. He's what he costs again. You could take Zeke for 8400 Josh Jacobs, again against those Cincinnati Bengals, $8,000. Should have a huge game, Josh Jacobs. Now, I said earlier, Austin Eckler's a solid flex play. Melvin Gordon is a much more solid starter against the Chiefs, $7,200 there. Devin Singletary versus the Miami Dolphins, $6,500 if you're willing to roll the dice. We saw him with 20-plus touches two weeks ago, and we saw him with, what, six Something like that this past week. The kid's great. Give him the ball. Fuck Frank Gore. 6500 bucks. I will take that roll of the dice. And uh, lastly, for six grand here, you can get yourself some Damian Williams in that Chiefs-Chargers game. 
LaShawn McCoy was a healthy scratch last week. I don't know if he's coming to the game this week, but I'm pretty sure Damian Williams has a spot locked up. Maybe it's Patrick Mahomes that likes him, but Mahomes back. Damian Williams in there. I'll take a piece of that this week against the Chargers defense, who's not been great against the run. At the wide receiver position, Michael Thomas is your boy. $9,000, a more expensive wide receiver you will not find. But he is, his floor is just about where everybody else's ceiling is. So take it and run with it. Julian Edelman this week, I like, look, so I put this down here. You can either pick Julian Edelman against the Eagles for $7,400 or Muhammad Sanu for $5,800, depending on if you want to spend your money elsewhere. I think both of these guys have opportunities for huge games against that shitty defensive backfield. So take your pick, pick your poison. How much money do you want to spend? $1,600 separates these two. If you can spend it, pick Edelman. If you'd rather spend it elsewhere, Sanu might outscore Edelman this week. It is within the realm of possibilities. I like Cortland Sutton this week against the Minnesota Vikings at $6,600. Last week, Sutton was good. I think he had his best week in the last five under uh, with Brandon Allen under center. Joe Flacco sucked, so how hard was it to be any worse? Brandon Allen was serviceable. He threw the ball to Cortland Sutton. They scored a touchdown together. Cortland Sutton is quietly one of the most consistent wide receivers in the league this year. I like him. Also, you can go for uh, Calvin Ridley love here. Playing against the Carolina Panthers, not a great passing defense. 5500 bucks if you want some Calvin Ridley. Uh, maybe worth doing. He's outscored Julio several times this season, so real cheap. Possibility for a multiple touchdown game. We've seen it from the kid before. At the tight end position, Hunter Henry is your guy. Same Kansas City LAC game. Maybe you want to stack Henry with Phillip Rivers. I wouldn't hate that. Of course, if you're going to do that, leave Melvin Gordon out of it, please. 6900 bucks to get Henry this week for six grand. However, you can have Jared Cook against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Cook had a nice week last week. Couple of couple of nice weeks on the season for Jared Cook while he's been healthy. The tight end position, the wide receiver two position even on this New Orleans Saints team is is has never been consistent though. So uh, be wary. Do you want to play Michael Thomas and Jared Cook in the same game? Probably not. But if you're going to do it, it's going to be against the Buccaneers. And lastly, for forty nine hundred bucks, which is just just bargain basement, you could put Ross Dwelly in there if you trust me. Fuck, I did it. Don't don't tell the guys I'm playing against, but I did it. At defense here, Buffalo's got Miami. That's the Cush mashup everybody looks for every week. Five thousand dollars there. New Orleans Saints gonna play those Tampa Bay Bucks. Forty eight hundred dollars to put them in. You know, Jameis Winston loves to turn that ball over. A lot. And the New Orleans defense has been nasty all year up until last week. So maybe they get it back. Lastly, I said it already. The New York Jets get Dwayne Haskins. $4,500 gets you a piece of that action. So pick and choose. Put them together. Win yourself a 50-50. And uh, you can send me the $1.15 commission I get off of your win afterward. Who you got? Before I do this segment, I have to take a shot. Hang on. Ooh! 
So last week I gave you two teams that were locks. They both lost. I've been out of our three strikes league since week six. Wiz is now out of our three strikes league and Bullfrog has two strikes. Don't listen to anything I'm going to tell you right now. Please, please don't listen. I'm going to say it anyway, uh, just because, because I'm, I have to, it's part of the contract. I got to tell you who I think you should pick. If you're still in a survivor league, maybe you're in a three strikes league. Uh, these are the games that Vegas likes anyway. Maybe you go with Vegas instead of us. Minnesota should beat the Denver Broncos pretty handily. Double digit spread right now. The Oakland Raiders shouldn't have a hard time with Cincinnati. If I were still in it, I'd be picking Oakland. So maybe, maybe pick the Bengals. I don't know. But Oakland shouldn't have a difficult time beating Cincinnati a Ryan Finley-led Cincinnati. Stick with the theme and take Dallas. Jeff Driscoll, backup quarterback starting for Detroit. Dallas shouldn't have a difficult time winning in that game either. So my three picks are Minnesota, Oakland, and Dallas. They're three of the highest spreads in the league this week. Two of them are playing against backup quarterbacks. Should win! Will they? I don't fucking know. I don't know if they will. Probably not because I pick them and I'm really bad at this goddamn game. You might be able to tell I'm a little sour about it. A little salty. Anyway, that's that. Guys, we're about done with the show here. The last thing I have to tell you is this. Lesson of the week. Lesson of the day? I don't remember what we call it. My lesson of the day is a little different. It's not really a lesson so much as it's a public service announcement. Okay, two parts. One. Don't fucking punch a guy in the head when he's wearing a helmet. And two, your football fantasy, the world's greatest fantasy podcast, is now taking applications for co-hosts. Just direct message me at DweezeNuts on Twitter. Send me an email at yourfootballfantasy at gmail.com. Or just yell really loud that you'd like to be part of the show because this studio's empty and I don't like it that way. Alright, fuckers. Uh, I expect at least 100 applications before you hear from me again. And if I don't get it, two words for you. Fuck off. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com. <laughs>